Chapter Twelve of Curly by Roger Pocock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Macquarie. Chapter Twelve: The City Boiling Over. Once I remember seeing an old bear roped in the desert by cowboys and dragged by the scruff of his neck into the fierce electric glare of a western city. Some female tourist said he looked dreadful rough. A schoolma'am squealed out he was dangerous. A preacher allowed he was savage. But nobody made excuses for that old bear. Now, I reckon that I'm just like Mr. Bear, dragged sudden off the range into the indecent light of civilization. Nobody is going to make allowances for me if I look dreadful rough and savage and dangerous. I own up I've no excuse. Bear and I were raised outside the prickly fences of your laws, beyond the shelter of your respectable customs, exposed to all the heat and cold, the light and darkness, the good and the bad of life. Bear, he has teeth and claws, as I have horse and gun, but both of us fight or go dead, for that is our business. If you're shocked, quit reading. But if you want more, read on. When I knew that Balshannon was due to be shot, I set a trap, and all the desperadoes at Grave City walked right into it. I had the men picked out who would make a good loss, sent out the invitations to them in Ryan's name, and had a handbell clanged to call them in for the ceremonies. If Ryan only played fair, there would be no killing. But if he acted foul, there was going to be a sure enough massacre. Why, it was only right that on the death of a great chief like Balshannon, servants should go with him to the other world. That was all known to my three masked men in ambush. And when Ryan acted foul, he was sent with Louisiana, Beat, Jones, and four others, all desperados, to wait upon Balshannon beyond the flames and smoke of his funeral honors. For a naturally cautious and timid man, I took full risks in exposing Curly to that danger. But honest, range-raised fighters are more than a match for the drunken town swabs who had to be dispersed. Besides, my youngsters were not the kind to stay put in a place of safety. After the fight, if there was one, I knew that the fire bail would call up the whole of the citizens, and the news would spread swifter than flames of masked robbers attacking a saloon right in the middle of their peaceful town. They would be displeased, and rather apt to send in their little account to me, which made me blush to think of, because I lay myself out to be a modest man. When I got through with shooting out all the lights, my men quit firing to haul me through the window. Now all four of us were in the alleyway, between the saloon and the post office, barred off from the main street by a high gate, while our line of escape was open to the rear. Being shy of recognition, I tied on a mask and reloaded my gun, planning the next move rapid in my head. Then I called off my men to the tail end of the house, 
posting one to kill anybody who tried to get out by my window. I was scheming a raid into the house to rescue Curly and Jim, but just for a moment my riders hung back scared. Come along, you tigers, says I. There was no need to risk our lives, for through the black silence of the house came a sudden blaze of guns and rush of men. Curly and Jim had broken cover at last, so we had only to let them come, rolling out head over heads in no end of a hurry. As soon as they were clear, we handed in lead to the crowd, stampeded them, and sprinkled their tails. They were surely discouraged. The next thing was to mount our horses and reload guns while we rode off slow. Jim was shaking all over. Curly was sobbing aloud. Monty, one of my boys, was groaning because a bullet had burned his cheek. Ute, breathing like a gone horse, and Custer, making little yelps of joy, all of us scary as cats, with our nerves on the jump. The same being natural after a red-hot fight, we pulled out by the south end of the city. Now, said I, you, Curly, and you, Jim, light out ahead and keep a-flying for old Mexico. Curly howled, we ain't going to leave you. I had to make my meaning quick and plain before he knew I was earnest. As to Jim, I cut his words dead short and so they quit me streaking off to the south. Now, you all, I turned to my tigers. Custer let out his yelp, and Ute grinned ugly, and both of them thought all the world of me for getting them into trouble. Monty, says I, go home and fix that wound. He circled off. Well, says I, if you other two play any more tiger tonight, I'll rip your lives out. You've got to be plumb good citizens, cause them people in the sepulchre have seen about ten masked robbers, which they'll surely hunt. So off with them masks, quick. And I threw mine in the road. Now, says I, we'll see if the general public is going to help us to get them robbers and kill them. So we three trotted grave and innocent up Main Street, where scores of citizens were saddling, mounting, and gathering, the swift men calling the laggards. In the lead rode Deputy Marshal Pedersen, coming on rapid. Hello, he called. You Chalkeye? I swung in beside him. What's the delay? says I. How many robbers? Ten masked men. Come on. They're McCormick's gang. Custer and Newt were calling the rest to hustle. Ten masked robbers, they shouted, heading down for Naco. Thought you was in the sepulchre, says Patterson. I was, till I'd shot out the lights, says I. Them crazy idiots there were handing out lead at me. Where did you see them robbers? In the back street. They wounded my boy Monty, so I had to send him home. Say, look at that. Ahead, on the white road, plain in the moonlight, lay something black. So I swung down my arm in passing and took a grab. What do you make of this, eh, Patterson? A silk mass, says he. Thanks, Chalkeye. 
you've got us on the right trail anyways but watch these tracks say i look there they're quitting the main road swing out curly and jim had struck straight south down the road so i pointed the whole pursuit well off to the right southwest for naco and made believe i saw another mask among the stones if dangerous robbers were hard to see through the moonshine that was no fault of mine if the citizens wanted to go riding out by moonlight i surely gave them heaps good exercise meanwhile that curly was herding jim down towards the mexican boundary but both the lads were rattled and their nerves had gone all to smash jim had dumb yearnings to go back and eat up citizens curly was trying to cry with one lip while he laughed with the other then jim told curly not to be a coward and curly laughed with the tears rolling down his face i wished i was dead he howled i wished i was dead i done murdered beef jones and there's his old hoss a-waitin to take him home he loved that hoss and you a robber says jim mighty scornful jim had only courage a thing which is usual to all sorts of men and beasts but curly had something bigger brains judgment the lion heart the eagle sight the woman gentleness a child's own innocence and heaven's unselfishness i'm sure coward he sobbed brace up youngster i saw you kill both beef and louisiana but now you're gone all rotten between the eyes i got pete between the eyes i seen his eyes going up all white the hole between oh how i wished i was dead poor little beggar and one would think this was the first time you'd ever seen a gunfight i never seen one never until now and you mccalmont's son you needn't let on to him that you seen me human why he braced himself up i'm only a range wolf so what's the odds jim well what's wrong now do you know you're outlawed too old chalka masked his riders he played robbers i showed wolf and you're done branded with the range wolves now jim swung round in the saddle looking back at grave city a bad sample surely among cities but still entitled to wave old glory high the flag of honest men of civilization he set his teeth and swung to his trail again if honesty is that says he determinedly i've heard with thieves i don't like the smell of this trail says curly none the city marshal is riding up from bisley with his posse let's strike west then circle the town then north to father's camp come on says jim and swung his horse to the west along a small dead trail we got to change ourselves says mccalmont's son and began to lose some parcels tied by the strings to his saddle i got some clothes for we all here he passed over an old leather jacket a straw sombrero and a bottle that's coffee extract says he mixed with a black rub i boiled it strong you rub it over your face and neck and paws then rig yourself our people at any gate in the saddle 
our broke dinner drink from a bottle roll a cigarette or sing a song without being jarred up like a tenderfoot so while they trotted slow jim stained his hide all black like a greaser vaquero then slung on the charo clothes of a poor mexican cowboy now says curly you take this mustache and lick the gummy side stick it on your lip and remember you're a dago say pull up they'll know that buckskin mare of mine for sure there ain't another in the united states i reckon with white points like her you empty that bottle and black her white stocking quick curly was changing too for he pulled up the legs of his overalls then wriggled them down over his long boots then he took jim's cowboy hat and slouched the brim down front like a hayseed boy he put on a raggy old jacket and bulged his lean cheeks out with pads of wool he looked a farm boy and when they rode on sat like a sack of boats it won't work says jim here's a big outfit of people sweeping right down from the north our horses are blown and their snort will give us away but bosh all read says curly that wouldn't pass for german says jim not even in a fog sure says curly it's a me forgetting me nativity ain't i orierish they had entered the naco trail by this and were walking their horses up the hill for grave city if the silly kids had obeyed my orders we should never have seen a hair of them that night as it was deputy marshal patterson and i came with full thirty men on top of them i don't profess i knew either the irish hasty boy or the vaquero until the black horse a melancholy plug called jones which i had lent curly began to wicker to the gray mare i rode patterson too was mortal suspicious of that buckskin mare with jim black points says he that's so crooks have white legs sure said curly prompt and is it them robbers you'd be after hunting patterson reined up they've passed you eh he called they didn't shoot me says curly till i'm killed entirely there was eleven of them again me and the young feller that was along with me the rapscallions and them with black masks on their dirty faces how long since three minutes gone your honour and can any of yes tell me if this is the road to mr chalkeye davies patterson had spurred on and we swept after him leaving mr curly mccormick howling irish curses because we hadn't pointed him on his trail to las salinas we were scarcely gone when a second outfit of five stragglers came rolling down the trail headed by shorty broach one of the men who had been hurt that night in the gunfight he always hated balshannon's folks worse than snakes he was heaps eager now for curly mccormick's blood and the two thousand dollars which went along with it but worse than that this shorty was a sure plainsman who never forgot a horse still he went past with his crowd before he saw anything wrong with that black horse i'd lent 
where the buckskin mare jim was riding then he swung hold on boys say i knows that buckskin that's crook's buckskin mare at the livery here's curly mccamus mare the riders tried to call shorty off told him to soak his head remembered that crook's buckskin had white stockings whereas this mare's points were black which made all the difference them horses is blown they're run full hard says broach they've been surely chased and i'm due to inquire more on that the riders began to circle around while curly slung out irish by the yard about running away from the robbers sure says he and it's the chief of the police no less we're talking weed throw up your hands says broach pointing his gun on jim but the youngster was busy rolling a cigarette why is that gringo showing off with a gun he asked in spanish he looks so foolish too you got to account for that buckskin mare says broach but jim set in the cool moonlight and lit his cigarette taking no notice this greaser is lately an orphan sir says curly and he's only going innocent for a drunk in grave city manning no harm at all where did he get that buckskin it's the pitchfork mare ye'll be maning sir at last jim knew the brand on the mare he was riding and dade says curly hasn't you got an holy cross brand on the shoulder as well sir maybe he stole her there if ye want to live mr greaser you'll account for that buckskin mare broach threatened again with his gun i understand says jim in spanish puffing his cigarette at shorty's face i took this mare in trade at la morita custom house on the line of a carom americano could not pay the hundred percent duty on his horse so i traded with him my mexican branded mustang to oblige taking this mare she's branded holy cross rebranded pitchfork perhaps the gentleman will stand aside i have explained all very well said broach in spanish which sounded rough like a railroad accident how do you account for that saddle jim de chesney's silver mounted saddle si senor the saddle of my young lord el senor don santiago of holy cross the caballero ordered me to bring these that he might play bare before the house of a beautiful lady in grape city and your own saddle alas i played poker with the americanos they have skinned me jim made a little flourish twisted the mustache it came off in his fingers and with a howl the whole crowd closed in they had captured jim du chesney and kirk mccallum end of chapter twelve